Warning, this is not a sports podcast. In this podcast, we will be talking about things other than the Minnesota Vikings. This podcast also contains strong language that may not be suitable to all listeners. If either of those things are a problem for you, please do uh, stop listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Have a great day. So we are back after... uh, some some brief technical delays. Uh, I guess we'll hop in, man. Like, it's obviously uh, a lot going on, a lot of shit popping off in the news right now, worldwide. There are protests, and I guess the 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 starting point, the epicenter for all of this, is uh, in the area that we have a podcast covering football team. We all happen to be black, so. Uh, I guess it was time at some point that we would have something to say about this. We've been talking, obviously, since everything jumped off over the last couple of weeks, trying to figure out what we were going to say, if we were going to say anything, and finally just said, screw it, let's just come on, chop it up, have a conversation, because really, I'm uh, I'm interested. I want to see how y'all boys were doing, how things are going up there for you. So, Prince, I guess we'll kick it off with you, because... Uh, no, you obviously you got some some feelings about things. Also, know that you were down at a at the protest. I think yesterday. Um, yeah, what's going on with you? How you doing? What's your frame of mind? What are your thoughts on not just what's going on in Minneapolis, but what it's kind of set off in terms of a chain reaction uh, around the rest of the country and in some cases the world? Yeah, you know the question "How are you?" is is always a difficult one to to answer. I think any black folk right now. Because if I say I'm okay, it's a lie. Um, if I say I'm getting better, it's a half-truth. If I say I'm feeling kind of numb, I feel guilty. But with with everything going on, you know, it's I'm conflicted because I, I, I don't think I'm just feeling one thing right now. I, like, a, like many others, had to watch a video of an, another Black man get murdered. And a lot of the typical things that we go through when we, you know, we are fighting against, you know, kind of racist comments of like the cop feared for his life, the, you know, it was an accident, all that other stuff. This was very intentional. This was murder. And what's challenging and what's difficult is I have to reconcile within myself about a murder for someone who, or an organization that has dubbed itself Protect and Serve. And I worry each and every day that that could have been me. You know, my, I'm a hoodie wearing night walker person, whatever the case is. And having to think about, oh, crap, I'm outside and you take off my hood or I need to I, I need to compose my way myself in a way that doesn't get me murdered. And that's a difficult thing to have to live with. Now, I know that there are people out there who you know, they have their problems with the police. You know, for one reason or another, they maybe had a run-in that, that didn't sit well with them, made them uncomfortable, made them angry with the police. But I think that's different than I think how the three of us and many others feel, fundamentally. Because it's not a, oh, the police is just like, they're just kind of annoying or whatever the case is. It's, it's, it's not a like, you're annoyed of a hall monitor type person where they're, you know, they're gonna rat you out or whatever the case is. It's like, it's fear that I can make a mistake or even not make a mistake. And that is, that's going to end my life, potentially. So to to more succinctly answer your question, I honestly am not okay, but I have to be okay. 
I mean, before I, before I go to Miles, I guess that that's an interesting way of phrasing it. Like, why do you feel like you have to be okay? Um, because forgive me for 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 trying to figure out the way to say this, but I feel like I have to be okay because I know Monday is coming. Right? We had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We had the weekend to more or less digest it. And then we have to go into the next work week. There are other black folk who are hurting right now. And, and it's challenging to not be okay for extended period of time because of the way that this structure, the systematic structure is, 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 is in place. Because yeah, you can grieve for a few days. You can be upset, you can be angry, but ultimately speaking, the structure tells you that you, have to be okay within a short period of time and it's it is frustrating that i that i find myself trying to adhere to that structure because because societally if i said i need a month i i watched another person get murdered and like i need a i need a month to just work through those feelings especially when it's close to home especially when it's you know, 10 minutes from where I live. I've dro- I drove through that neighborhood just last week. And I was, I was, I was in that neighborhood on that Sunday. So the day before this, this happened, I, I drove through that very neighborhood and it's like day later could have been me. And I feel like I have to be okay because I, I think you guys saw my, one of my many tweets this week. It's like, I feel like I have to be strong for other people. And I, again, I know that, that that is maybe not the right way to think about it, but I know that there's other people in my life where I care about them and I care about their you know, health and their safety, their mental health and their safety and whatnot. And wanting to be able to be there through, you know, kind of the, you go from, you go from the anger and then you maybe go into this numbness and then you go back into that anger and then you realize like, I can only be angry for so long because even my anger is a threat to people around me or the perception that it's a threat to people around me. So to answer your question is, I feel like I have to be okay, not because of me or us as black folk, but I have to be okay. I have to be okay for everyone else around who gets to not feel this and not truly live in this every day. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Miles, uh, how about you, man? Because obviously this is, uh, this is close to home for you as well. Like, how are you processing? How are you dealing with everything? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, like Prince said, the first thing for me was, like, outrage, heartbreak. Um, it was kind of like one of those another one scenarios. This one, again, like, like Philando Castile uh, a few years ago, was close to home. This one is here. This is in our communities in, you know, the people that we know in the areas that we know. So no, like not, not that the other ones don't matter. Not that the other ones aren't as important. It just, it feels different because it is different because it's, it's in your backyard. I live in St. Paul. I live in an area that for us being in a, you know, an area that has minorities that has people that have a little bit more diverse background. That's something that was important to my family. And I, I know that where we live, I guess, technically we're okay. Like we're safe. I'm not worried about that. I guess we, that's like, that's the last thing I worry about. I have a, a wife and a son. So obviously like their safety is something that, that that's every day, no, no matter what that matters to me. But it was more about making sure that I, I, I wanted to be out there. I want, you know, you want to go out there. You want to, you want to go show your frustration. Like Prince said, you want to go show that anger. I, 
I'm very much an internalizer. I'm very much that person that I let things steep. Uh, and I, I wish I didn't all the time, but it's what I do. So I'll say for me, like, as the week went on, I got more and more angry. Probably not. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are in that same boat. But I also know for me, unlike you two and, and JR and, and a lot of cases too, I have a little bit more of a, a privilege than you guys do. And I, I'm not afraid to admit that. I know that I'm lighter skinned. I know that I don't, I don't look as threatening. I don't, I don't come off as threatening because I'm not as dark skinned. So, but I also understand that, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't even, don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. It's more of just like, it hurts. <laughs> I, I want to do something about it. Like I, my wife and I, we've been all, we've been, you know, been looking to go clean up there. There's a, a, a shopping center about a mile from our house that got looted and a family dollar that got started on fire. Like, so we want to, you know, we've been going to make sure that, you know, we've cleaned up a little bit, make sure that, you know, we're donating to the right causes, to the right people. But everything that I, I it's just enough is enough for me. I, I, I'm sick of making the looting and then the, the outside rioting that's not even a part of the true protest being the thing that is brought to light here. When in reality, what should be brought to light is the injustice of, of George Floyd and the injustice of the police department in Minneapolis and all across this country. And that's what needs to be fixed. And, and I'm just so sick of hearing people need people, other people that don't care, just telling other people how to protest, how to, and you know, bring out their anger, bring out their emotions, telling them how they should do that, but they're not coming up with anything to do for change because they don't care. They don't want change. They don't care about change. And that's something that that's probably hit me the most is talk it like, even, even the governor of Minnesota said talk is cheap, which I only take with a grain of salt too. Again, you can say talk is cheap all you want, but until leadership, until people start making real change in this community, in our, in our country, then why are they, why would a lot of whiter people, white people expect change that it doesn't affect them. So why would they need, why do they, what do they need to see change? I mean, so for me, it's just, again, I don't really know how, what I'm really fully talking about. I'm just, I'm upset. If it's, it's hard, it's heartbreaking. It, you know, it, I, you, I want change. Change needs to happen in community that Prince and I live in. We live in communities that, have have minorities they have people that of color that in a in, in a systemic you know ra- built with built within a systemic racist society that needs to be fixed it needs to be torn down to the ground and brought back up i don't know the way to do it i know I, i'm sitting here saying talk is cheap i don't know but i want to try to be a part of the solution of how and i want i wish more people were willing to be a part of that and i want more people to be a part of that solution of how yeah, and, and I, th- I think you both are really nailed uh, quite a bit of this. And and yeah, for me, I think like this past week, I don't know, like it was like the the culmination of just a lot of lot of shit going on. Obviously, COVID has got us all kind of in a in a different state of mind. Things are just tense, generally speaking. Then you got Breonna Taylor's situation where the cops, you know, kick in the door on her house, shoot her in her home, like, and it's oops you know, uh, like wrong place. But then I think what really like that, again, kind of maybe started the, the subconscious ball rolling for me a little bit. But then when you had like Amy Cooper in Central Park, I think that is really what kind of ripped the wound open for, for me in a, in a different way. 
because it just put it all right there in front of you. It just made it super obvious um, that like they know that like white people know they understand that they can weaponize the police against us. Like just the language that she used in that like there's an African American man. I'm no, not even that. I'm going to tell the police that there's an African American man threatening me. Like she was basically letting that brother know that I have the power right now to bring harm upon you and possibly death upon you by telling these people to come get you. That are supposed to serve and protect. Yeah. And so like, it was like a mask off moment where like, like it shook me to my core. Cause like I have, I have had in my life only two, I know others have had it far worse. Um, two instances with the police where, you know, <laughs> minor <laughs> minor things pulled over in in Cobb County uh guns out all that <laughs> and then sent on my way after sitting on the side of the road for 15 minutes without even knowing why I was pulled over in the first place scared shitless because the cops just had guns on me and just okay you know have a nice day type type shit and then another night leaving the club three cop cars run up on me while I'm waiting for a taxi to go home you know, again, guns out. It's like, you know, so like I've had those experiences. I felt that fear. And I think that one really just like kind of took it back there for me. And then kind of following it up with seeing like the end result of what could happen when the cops get called on you and, and watching that brother get murdered on the street with that cop. There's no struggle. That cop was just so calm and just calculated and cold blooded as he killed that man with that smug look on his face, it was just awful and heartbreaking. And it just makes you angry and feel helpless. And like, you want to lash out, but like Prince said, doing that, you know, is actually not productive in any way for you personally. But then it also helps me understand like all these people who've been going through situations like this for their entire life, hitting a breaking point where like, they're just like, screw it. Like, I'm going to go break something. I'm going to go mess something up. I'm going to go make a mess. I am going to destroy something because I know that if I do those things, somebody's going to pay attention. Like I'm going to do something to make my voice be heard because people have been talking about these things forever. Like we on this very podcast, I feel like I've had to broach this subject at least three or four times talking about Colin Kaepernick or this shooting or that shooting. And like people want to make every possible excuse that they can. And I think Miles, you hit on a really good point. It's the system that needs to change. It's not the individuals. It's not this one cop, which is what everyone wants it to be like, what it's, it's this one cop he's arrested. It's not just him. You know, it's not just him. It's the system that makes these cops feel like they're able to do this and not suffer consequences because more often than not, they don't suffer any consequences, you know? And I think that's the frustration that's really building up on everyone, especially in the States for you guys, where you have 40 million people who've lost their jobs in the last, what, two months. You have black and brown communities being hit especially hard by COVID-19. So they already have that pressure on top of it. They're the people working the, the essential jobs, being paid the low wages who are at risk every day, who are also getting 
shaken down by the cops. Like, it just hits a point where people are like, enough is enough is enough. And yeah, uh, yeah man, like, yeah, it, take, it, taking it, it out on, it, on buildings, on, on things that don't have a, like, the, their purpose isn't, is a lot different than human life. And that, that's my whole point of this idea that people haven't been more upset by the looting. You could call it rioting, but we know a majority of those people were not looking to riot. They were looking to uprise. And I think there's a difference. And I think they were, they, most of those people wanted peace, but they need you to hear them. But and, also, like, the violence. But, but it's, talk about yeah. the violence. Where did it start? Right, like, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Exactly. The violence, you know? They started yeah, and, that man was murdered in broad daylight and, and on right. video yeah. in front on, of people. on video on video he did, and it's he, like, did, he did it he did it in front of people because he knew no matter what he assumed that he was going to get away with it that he knew that I've done this stuff before camera or no camera I'll find a way to get through it because we saw afterwards this man like I'm sure plenty of cops have not again I'm sick of this not all cops scenario you know but we found out this man has a rap sheet no, no surprise of the things that he's been able to get away with for years and the leadership that we have in place telling us, oh, it's just a few bad apples. No, you're the bad apple that it continues to employ the, the bad apples and let them free reign. You talk about free reign. People keep talking about letting people have free reign. The cops have free reign and they've had free reign on the society, on citizens. And, and- with that said, you guys, it's, um, you know, the, the amazing phrase of violence is the protest of the unheard, right? The person who decided they wanted to release the video was the lawyer of the cop. Knowing the system is so effed up and saying there's no way that people are going to be upset about this. He made the decision to like, go ahead and release it to the public. They'll find because, an excuse for him. They'll find an excuse yeah, for him. They'll, they'll find, yep. a, find a reason for him. And, and the thing is, is as a doctor, if you make a certain amount of mistakes, you can no longer practice medicine. And you have to go to, you have to go to school for 12 years for a lot in a lot of these cases in order to be able to practice. And you can no longer practice for the rest of your life, right? Cops can uh, get trained, I believe it's anywhere from eight to 16 weeks, and they can go to the next, imagine if, if, if a, a, a surgeon could just keep effing up county to county to county, and it's just like, okay, the system is going to continue to protect him. Again, there was no resisting arrest. There was no threat of weapon. There was no fear for his life. There was, there was none of these things that uh, are typically used as, as defenses or excuses for, for justifying the murder of unarmed Black folk. And at the same time, it's, 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 I, I have to call out the people who are posting the Martin Luther King quotes and pictures and all that other stuff. Because honestly, his children are speaking up right now. And if, if there's anybody who knows Martin Luther King and his messaging and all that stuff, is his freaking children. And the, the, I have to say, there's a level of confidence that comes in when you see the people who are, no, that's not what your father stood for. That's not, he's my dad. Well, the, I think the fun part is that they're not even making the connection in most cases that those are his kids. These people exactly. are coming into his kids and saying, well, actually, Dr. Martin Luther well, actually, King would have said this. Whenever. Like, it's Be- my daddy. <laughs> because, at the end, because at the end of the day, I, I always say this, like, what, what side of history do you want to be on? 
you know, honestly, when we go back, I don't even want to go all the way back to like slavery. Just go back to like the, to the sixties and seventies when when a lot of the Bro, our parents were, our were, parents exactly. were involved in a lot of that. Yeah. My dad's seventy three years old, lived in the, lived in North Carolina, was in segregated schools until he was like sixteen, and even we're supposed the, to just pretend like that stuff yeah. wasn't real. Yeah. Even even when people talk about the race racism of old, that's only two people ago, right? That is a parent and a grandparent, right? And they. And they were likely on the side of this problem isn't as bad as we think that it is. Or the writing is the issue. Like people are destroying this. If you are valuing, as Miles was saying, you're valuing that inanimate object that can be rebuilt, that can be restored. We can't restore George Floyd's life, Breonna Taylor's, Ahmaud Aubrey's. We can't restore them. There's nothing we can do to bring them back. And to me, if you are equating a building, and some people are just like, well, that's people's livelihood, but it's still ultimately speaking people can still find ways to do business elsewhere right what do, what do, what building, do people love to tell uh, uh, love to tell unemployed people you should be able to find work you can find work right right a building it, it the, the the problem that i always have is is if you like if you even put a building and a person on the same level you have already devalued that that human being's life right and if you even slightly put the human being at the same level as, as, a, as a building, you're still devaluing that human's life. Yeah, I'm kind of upset. Can I just be upset about both? No. I am always going to be more upset when there is a loss of life, especially at the hands of, of negligence of the police, especially as the, the system that continues to allow us to die at the hands of, of, of the police. And, and especially a system that people are I'm going to say one thing, though. Like, negligence, I feel like lets them off the hook a little. No, and mm-hmm. I... Because this yeah, wasn't a mistake. It's not, it's not, it's not like negligence. This, this, was, this was a blatant act, uh, a callous act. It, it didn't... Yeah. Nothing... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no I... And, and, I, I, I that's the one thing. I, I didn't mean by neg- yeah, negligence. Yeah, I, I just had to say something there. Like, it yeah, wasn't negligence. Yeah. It wasn't... And this... It, it, in, in most of these situations, it's not negligence. Because, I mean, how many times we see that the body cam malfunction, that this and that, this and that, I, I am at the at the end of the day, if you want to be on the side of if you want to be on the side of history that dismantled this system, right? You 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 have to understand that it keeps playing itself over and over and over again. Something terrible happens. We are the understandably the community is upset. Rooting and rioting, or just like you, things get out of hand, as far as like again, building being burned down, all that stuff, and then there's always a there's always a injection of um, supremacists or people who want to distract from the message. Why? Because at the end of the day, us normal folk, if you allow yourself to be manipulated and distracted from this system, is still in place, and it's a and it's a system that works so efficiently that by next week we're probably not talking about this again i'm waiting for the next one to happen that's how efficient the system is that's how efficient that it's going to continue to run if we if i don't even want to put myself in it because i'm i'm fed up with the system and i'll continue to speak out and and whatnot if individuals who are okay with the system or not as bothered with the system because they benefit from them don't speak out we have pictures of people going out to sunday brunch in the background of people in the background of people protesting we have we have people who didn't speak out at all say the police murdered george floyd not speaking out at all saying you know what i'm just i'm just going to go clean up because the perception then becomes 
Or they just talk about the looting and rioting. Yeah, they don't even mention that's, George that's, Floyd. That's them over there, right? There is there is an issue with all these statements that come out by these organizations that just won't even say the police murdered a man. And what I want they, to say to that, Prince, is uh, like, just say it with your chest, right? Like, if you're at the point, like at this point, mm-hmm. like, don't fake it. Like, NFL... Honestly, shut the fuck up. Like, we don't want to hear that weak-ass statement from you after you blackball Colin Kaepernick. But, like, if you're one of those people who doesn't feel like there's an issue with the system, I guess the question would be, like, why do you feel that is? Like, why do you feel that there's no issue? And maybe look inwards and, and, and really, really take stock of, of yourself and your beliefs and really try to come to grips with why you feel like, you know, there isn't a problem. But, you know, if you're one of those people and at the end of all of that, it turns out like, whoa, maybe I harbor some racist beliefs and I don't want to do anything about them. Then just be racist. And yeah, just live, it, live, it, live in your truth. Yeah, just be, like, be well, open just and honest it, about it. Live in your truth. And, that's, and I love my state, right? I do. But I would say Minnesota, one of, I mean, it's an issue everywhere, but there, there are places that are just like more overt. Like, I just don't like you because you're black. Like there are places you can go to where I get that kind of honesty, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't agree with you, but at least you're at least you're being truthful to my face, right? Um, in Minnesota, I would say there's there's a lot more of the we're used to calling out overt racism, but we're not used to what this is. That that I don't even want to call it subtle. Yeah, exactly. This people aren't used to it. That, people aren't used to it happening to their face. They're not used right. to people saying stuff to their face. They're used to it being heard from secondhand or. Or from someone else, but if you confront someone to their face in Minnesota, they take it a lot differently because they're they they're not used to it. Yeah. So uh, the, the where I want to get to because I know that the one of the last things people ask is like you know you, we have our white friends and stuff, and there are people who are just like I don't know what to do. You know I I I don't I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I also want to speak out. I, I want to help out. I want to. There's a couple of things that you can do, right? honestly i've gotten a ton of uh, text messages dms and stuff from a lot of great people who you know they're so sorry all that stuff and i get it you reach out to your black friends all that stuff there's a nuanced conversation with only reaching out to your black friends when one of them is murdered but that will save that for another podcast i'll say reach out reach out and make sure that they're okay because they're likely not okay right they're likely have a ton of frustration and anger and upset feelings that you likely can't understand, but you can be empathetic towards, right? That's that's step one. Step two is action, something that is actionable, right? It to me is disingenuous, and I'm gonna be bluntly honest, is disingenuous when you're just like, I'm gonna go out and go clean the neighborhood. And you haven't spoken out, you haven't, you haven't been on there marching, you haven't donated, you haven't found something that you can do to be like, this was wrong. Right. Because what are you so, picking up for? Yeah, right? Because like what, it, what's the point of you picking up? Like, what is it? What's the cause behind it? I want what, exactly. normal, Miles. Yeah. So, no, yeah. People just want normalcy. Oh, yeah. I want Monday to come because I know that when Monday comes, this will be in the past and it won't matter anymore. And tangent, that is its own privilege, right? It's its own mm-hmm. privilege to be able to, to be able to say, I'm just, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. This makes me so sad. I'm going to take days off the social media. I'm going to get away from everything. That is your own privilege, right? George Floyd, black people in general, we would love if the worst thing that we had to deal with was just being uncomfortable, was just being a little bit sad for, for a brief period. We already have to do that, that every day. Right? That is, that is the trauma that we already have to deal on top of everything else, right? 
So as far as the second thing, I would say do something actionable. Donate, find five organizations that you can be a part of, donate to them, sign petitions, go on on the street and march, right? Because there's so many peaceful protests that are going. That, that, that is the second thing you do. The third thing you, you can do is just being understanding, right? Because I know that there's a ton of people who are trying to, again, I said in the first thing, there's some people who are trying to say something about it, speak out against it, right? And you might step in it, what you say. And part of that understanding is like, you know what? I stepped in it. I said something that, you know, this was my intention, but the impact was this, right? Be okay with listening to Black folk. Be okay with having that feeling that people don't like what I said. People don't like that, that feeling that you have when you have like a coach or, you know, someone who just like doesn't make you feel good, but you know it's the right, right course of action. Um, be okay with feeling that. And that guilt that you feel, don't just send the text message because of that guilt you feel about that one time you didn't listen to your black friend. You know, let, like feel that guilt, but then also take that actionable step that doesn't just allow you to just like, well, I send the text messages, now I feel good. Have that understand, have that understand. Number four. Can I say number Again? four? Can I say number four? Talk to your family, please. Yes, absolutely. You. Like, cause, cause that's the thing that I feel yeah. like always like, a lot of the burden of what to do, what can we do, how can we fix this, ends up falling on the same people who are the victims of the horrible stuff when we're the minority group. A lot of things that you know we've cracked jokes about, but you know, there's truth in jokes where like we don't talk about that kind of stuff. We don't talk politics uh, at family gatherings. Like we don't we don't have those kind of conversations because they're uncomfortable or people get upset or whatever it might be. Have those damn conversations. Have the, have the conversations. Because at the end of the day, you can't change if the converse, if it's not out there. Like if you're not if you're not comfortable with having an uncomfortable conversation with you know racist Uncle Bob, then like how is he ever going to be checked? If if the people closest to him won't be like, eh, actually that's not okay, then when it's is just like a it's like a cop sitting back and not doing anything. Yeah, right. But but it's, but at the same time with that, Jason, <clears throat> excuse me. Same with that. It's it's, it's also being uh, being solid in your own values. If you can, if you get called racist and you're thinking, well, I'm not racist, I do this and do that. And when, you're, when your racism was, um, or your non-racism was like put to the test and it's the most uncomfortable to call out your family members, right? To be able to say, no, Uncle Bobby, that's not okay. Like black folks are worth more than inanimate objects. They're not animals, they're not monkeys. They're not, they're human beings just like us. If you they're were unwilling thugs. to- yeah, if, if, exactly. If you are unwilling to do that, then you have to, again, look in that mirror. It's going to be uncomfortable, right? But there's a system in place that is, again, it is so efficient, right? We were going through COVID <clears throat> and racism said, no, nah, I got this, right? It, 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 I've, I've seen the jokes of like uh, COVID blew a 28 and three lead and all that other stuff. Like, it, it's like- Jason felt that one. I didn't see jokes and just like, um, you know, we're talking about the, the Super Bowl or whatever the case is, and I'm just like, no, nah, uh, racism had the halftime show. Yeah. Like, this this has always been in place. And then, as Jason was saying, we were already having to deal with uh, with COVID. So, again, if, if you're, you're looking at everything from the outside perspective, again, you're already you're already uh, impoverished from a system that doesn't that doesn't care about you. There's no there's no way to get out of that poverty. There, there's a society that doesn't like you because of your skin tone. There is there is no economic or socioeconomic uh, opportunity for you to uh, build a, a, a community in which we all thrive and whatnot. And then on top of that, a dead, <clears throat> deadly pandemic 
gets to your gets to your um, community and starts to kill you at, at a rate that is disproportionate to others, right? And then, and then on top of that, we're still getting killed. Why wouldn't that make you upset? Why wouldn't that make you want to like finally get to the point where I'm just like break shit? Not to advocate, but to understand. Because I said that it was a third point. Understanding is that third point. Um, like I said earlier this week, if you're not pro providing solutions and you're just calling out the problem and solutions that and solutions that are, are that are that are, are uh, merited in um, people that you have spoke to, people who are directly affected by this. If you don't know what to say, elevate the voices who do know what to say. Give give a platform to the people who actually are living this, who can't who can't go out and just be like, hey, this is this is uh, this is going on with me. This is how I'm getting affected. If you're not getting affected, how are you? How, how are you uh, playing into the treatment of, of of the system that is going to continue to, to continue to happen? Because, like I said, by next week, we're not going to be talking about this. Unfortunately, well, and I'll say point number five. This isn't political, and like political <laughs> in the sense that people make everything political in in just general discourse right now. I know there's a lot of liberals that pat themselves on the back and feel like, oh, I'm not racist, whatever it might be. You benefit from the system just like everybody else. And if you're not calling it out, you're just as culpable as those Republicans you want to point your finger at. Everyone is culpable on the left, on the right, in the center. If you're not being actively anti-racist, then you are also the problem. So just because you didn't vote for Trump, it doesn't somehow make you above being someone who needs to be a part of this solution. You know, and so that's something that I've seen a lot where it seems to be a lot of people and, you know, both MLK Jr. and Malcolm X have some things to say about white liberals, generally speaking. Um, but there's a lot of people patting themselves on the back right now who also were very quick to flip as soon as things went away that made them feel uncomfortable, which for us, like we, you know, we, we have messaged one another, it's a bit of telling on yourself. So just because yeah. you might feel superior because you live in the city and you're not like one of those right. people in the South or whatever. You have a black friend. Yeah, you have a black friend. Also, if your black friends are only from work, you don't actually have black friends. Facts. If your Instagram right. has no picture yeah. of you actually hanging out with black people outside of work functions, you don't actually have black friends. So, yeah, number six, go hang out with some people that don't look like you outside of work hours, and that might also help as well. But you go live in those communities. We're bumping up we against time, so Miles, I'll give you the final word. <laughs> I was just going to touch on the... Uh, if, if you're, if you know people that were against Colin Kaepernick for pro for taking a knee and they're, they're against it now. And they're saying, I wish this was a peaceful protest. Tell them to go kick rocks because, because they're being as hypocritical as anybody. They're not a part of the solution. They don't care. They need to be checked just like anybody else because they're telling you, they're telling on themselves, like, like you guys have said, because they don't care how you protest. They don't want you to protest. If Monday and Tuesday, if Monday and Tuesday was anything as far as a juxtaposition between this is not political, Monday was a white liberal. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday was a white conservative. Like Democrat, Republican, it does not matter. Monday and Tuesday were a juxtaposition that this is not a political issue. This is a this is a systemic issue that permeates all of that that we continue to get affected by. Right. Run it down to the ground. 
figuratively and in some cases, literally. So uh, gentlemen, thanks for uh, for coming on. If you're still here, listeners, thank you for, for sticking with us. But I'm not gonna lie, this episode was really more for us than it was for anyone else. We had some stuff we need to talk about to get off our chest and we have this platform, we're gonna use it. So if you stuck with us, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll try to cultivate some resources to them in the show notes that if you are interested in, in finding ways to help, uh, we can point you in the direction of some organizations that uh, are doing good work in the community that you'll be able to uh, to offer your assistance towards. So uh, that's it. That's all. Gentlemen, as always, thanks for making the time. Listeners, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, yeah, we'll be back talking to you soon. And hopefully then it will maybe get to be about something fun, like, you know, football or something, and not people who look like us getting murdered by the police. So yeah. <laughs>